please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and this week we're going to have a guest join us by phone in a few minutes to talk about a, a problem which has come up and is being brought to our attention uh, concerning renewals. Now, I know most of you are, are well aware that GeorgiaCarry.org is not only Georgia's preeminent lobbying group trying to get better laws passed, but is also active in the courtroom trying to keep the, the rights of Georgia's citizens protected through all venues. And, and here we have a young lady who has had a real concern raised after the passage of, of House Bill 492 this last year. Well, I, before the the passage of 492, I think she would have had a similar issue with what's happened here. I mean, it, it it's basically like 492 resolved all these things, but it didn't resolve this. And I, this is a very interesting topic because it has come up before, and the 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 general logic is well no harm no foul just kind of ignore it and move on but you know as we're going through all these cleanup bills and <coughs> trying to get the, the the statutes to be as clear concise and and perfectly written as possible this is a loophole which has kind of popped up where people are getting trapped left right and center and it's such a serious loophole that it just choked dug up <laughs> yeah so let's let's talk for just a second about what is house bill 492 now this this passed this last year and it had was made to correct some of the provisions of House Bill 60, which passed the year before. Um, these are the main provisions of 492. First, it clarifies that carrying in a government building is not off limits for a non-license holder. It clarifies that carrying within 150 feet of a polling place is not off limits, except during an election or when being used as a polling place. So it's not a year-round exemption if they ever have held an election there. It clarifies that renewal for a GWL is a renewal no matter what county the license is issued in. That's where this really took, took a, you know, the, the problem that rose for this young lady came under this provision. Well, it, it's, it's coming under two provisions. One of them is that provision, and the other one is, is the provision that you don't have to be re-fingerprinted when you renewal. But then the third provision is that you can only renew within the 90-day renewal period. And there's certain instances where you need to renew because of a life change. Right. So there's there's a couple of issues that are all clashing together where apparently this this um, pro- probate judge's office, they just don't know exactly what to do. Well, 492 did a few other things besides just the probate judges. They, it also um, redefined armed forces. It clarified the type of proof required for someone who's discharged for the armed forces under 21 who applies for GWL as provisions for the court to notify um, the probate court of a license holder if they've been convicted of a crime and allows the probate courts to verify the validity of a license via subpoena or court order, which is something that hadn't been available before. There was really no way to prove whether a license was valid or not. And I think that is a provision that comes into play in this problem because the court has the ability to verify lots of information now that wasn't really open to them before. Now, you would think that a court has subpoena power naturally and that it has investigated investigative ability, but really a court doesn't. It has to rely on whatever is given to it. And here, a court now has the, or a probate court has the ability to prove whether a person is that person and to get lots of information about that person. 
the issue is they won't allow somebody to to prove who they really are. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of background on what is this issue? Jesse? Well, I met the call of the person we're going to talk to in a few minutes at a Georgia Carey function this past weekend. And um, she was telling me about how she got married and went in to have her name changed on her Georgia Weapons Carry Along license. with her driver's license, social security card, and, and vehicle the, registration, everything. Every, uh, everything except for your birth certificate. When you get married, you have to change it when you're a woman. Well, you don't have to, but some people don't take their husband's name. But if you do, then you have to update everything. Your social security card, everything. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the social security administration. And even though it's a long wait, it's not that big of a deal. She goes to the driver's license bureau. And even though it's a long wait, it's not that big of a deal. And you go to the voter registration place and they do it in a few minutes. And all you have to do is take in your marriage license and, and the proof of who you are. And then they just do the job. Well, she goes to the probate judge in the county where she resides, and they will not update her name on her license. They said that she had to wait five years until her 90-day grace period to change her name. So now it's it's just a big rigmarole. So we're going to talk to her about what exactly took place there. And I really want to discuss this with her directly. I just, I mean, it, it's such an oddball thing that popped up. And this is something that is driving me nuts. Because when we read off all of those provisions, right, I went through reading off all the provisions of this bill to show and this was a cleanup bill. This is to fix problems that nobody anticipated happening. And one of the problems that we didn't anticipate happening was probate judges saying, well, renewals can only happen in the county that it's issued in. Because if you go to a different county, it's not a renewal. It's a new county, and we have to do a background check. Well, that's ludicrous. And so how do you fix something ludicrous? Well, apparently you have to go and pass a whole other bill through the legislature. And you know how much it costs to pass a bill through the legislature? How much we're paying the entire legislature to meet every day that they're in session and take up their times to do this? A lot. And then add in the time that the judge took of him and his staff to deny the license in the first place or deny the ability to get a renewal because he didn't want to do it, and you're, we're paying them to deny it, then we're paying the legislature to correct it, and then we're going to pay them again to review it when it comes out through the legislature next time. Well, the thing is, is I don't understand why they couldn't just do it, because there's so many provisions that are so similar to this situation that would take care of it. Like I said, there's three things that could apply. It's it's not technically a, a renewal, but it it is a renewal. It's what it is is it's a it's a correction. Well, it's see, a name change. My question was, you know, it says, well, if you lose your permit, mm-hmm. you can go into the thing. They can verify that it's valid, and for six dollars, you can get another. Right. Right. So my advice to her was, lose quote unquote lose your permit, and go in and say, I have a permit. Blah 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 blah. Oh, by the way, you need to change my name on it. Right. And she's like, they won't let me do that either. It's like, oh, well, you, you, what if you lose your permit? You're, you're married. What if you lose your permit in the time period between now and four years and ten months or nine months from now? Well, you know, the way that GeorgiaCarry.org has fixed a lot of this in the past is when they have judges who are digging in their heels on minutia. They simply wrote into the next bill that the judges and the county is responsible for the attorney's fees to litigate these sort of disputes in the future. Well, I mean, it hasn't stopped. Um, is it Clayton County that that denied the guy his I think it was permit in a timely fas- fashion? No, it was not. 
it was Clayton County that I, the gentleman that we interviewed ah. here, and he he had waited forty five days or more, and they still hadn't got back to him on his permit, and gave him all kinds of baloney reasons as to why. Well, you know that that comes down to when when they just dig in and will not back off. You're going to have to litigate. That judge has been litigated against five or six times, and she just doesn't care. And that's where it comes down is if you have a judge that really doesn't care and it's not coming out of her pocket or his pocket anyway, it's coming out of the taxpayer's pocket. Then we have taxpayers that are having to pay because these people are too lazy to do their jobs. Well, the tax, uh, I hate to say it, but probate judges in Georgia are elected. And if you're electing electing morons, if you're going to elect people who want to waste your funds, well, somebody will get rich off of it. Yeah, but it's not going to be you. (laughs) So... It's just a a matter of people not wanting to do their jobs or not caring to do their jobs because they could have said, well, you know, you didn't lose your license, but you've changed your name. You're the same person. This should fall under a the same clause as like a lost license or decide exactly where you're going to fit it and fit it somewhere. Well, you know, the, the problem is, is that these are people and I went to a hearing years ago where the probate judges were discussing this you know sort of topic. And the talk then was take it out of the probate judge's hands and put it in with secretary of state or secretary of agriculture, people who deal with licensing all the time, you know, business licensing and all sorts of licensing. And the probate judges union or whatever they call it basically got up and I summarize their argument this way. This is a lot of work. It costs us a lot of money. We really hate it. So don't you dare take it away from us. That doesn't even make sense. It it didn't at the time and it doesn't to this day. But that does seem to be a lot of the attitude is that it's time consuming. It's a cost for us. We hate doing it. And don't you dare take it away from us. Because it's the only thing they're doing. A lot. Well, the probate does do another function. I mean, but I'm going to venture to say that these background checks is the majority of what it does. The probate judge, they they handle people's estates and and those kind of things. Lots of estate filing. I mean, I can see this would be a small portion compared to all the estate filings and paperwork that goes with the state administration wrapping up an estate and closing it out. So why isn't there somebody at the probate office that's doing just this? Well, probably because in some of the bigger offices, I bet there is. Maybe even a couple of people doing justice. If you look at, like, Fulton and DeKalb, I bet they would have somebody assigned to this. But... It becomes just a catch-all, just like marriage licenses. Marriage licenses is a probate judge issue for some unknown reason. But there's somebody that handles it, and it gets handled, and it's not horrible. But there are a lot more people getting married than people applying for these licenses. And so when you start to annoy people with it, then they create a, a bigger uproar. And that's really what we're trying to do is to draw attention to it so that there is a greater uproar. And people start calling and complaining. So, folks, we're going to get this caller on air in just a couple minutes. Stay tuned. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. So you're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and we have on the line with us right now Stephanie, who is a young lady who has been recently married and is trying very hard to get a carry permit in her correct legal name. And this has just been an absolute disaster every which way you turn it. Now, Stephanie, I understand that you got married back in April of this year and that this has drug on so long that you're actually now expecting your first child with your new husband who and your, your child is due in February and you still cannot get a license in your correct legal name. 
Correct. I probably won't be able to, from what John Monroe said, until 2019. And so you're, my, you're, your baby's going to be like four years old and going to kindergarten by the time you get your license in the correct name. And mommy's going to have an alias. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Stephanie, a.k.a. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> So so let's break this down. What county do you reside in? Cobb County. Okay, so you're in Cobb, and you go down to the probate court with paperwork in hand, and what happened? Well, I, I brought my marriage license with me because I needed to update my notary seal, and I decided to stop by probate to find out what exactly has to happen, if there's any fees or forms I need to fill out to update my, my license. Okay. And there was a long line out the door, so I decided to wait. And one of the ladies that I know goes that was behind the counter that I've seen there before came out. And so I stopped her and asked her. And she told me uh, I have to wait until the 90-day expiration period, and I have to reapply as a new applicant. So basically getting married made you a new human being with different fingerprints and different DNA. Correct. <laughs> You've been born again. This is insane. Yes. So did and you I, did you I wait out ahead. did you wait out the line then and and try to reapply or was that the the end of it? That was the end of it. I asked her, to, you know, I was like, "Well, I'm you know not a different person. I have my current one, and I thought it would just be you know the typical renewal or a replacement fee that was I think six dollars for a reprint or whatever is in HP sixty. I think it was six. Correct. And she says she says no, it's you know. A, a new application, and I kind of didn't want to argue with her right then and there, so I said, okay, and I thanked her, and I, you know, went on my merry way and called my husband, Matt, who, you know, knows John Monroe and Jerry Henry, and told him what happened, and I said, is this true? And he said no, and he reached out to John Monroe, who said he would look into it, and then, uh, you know, we got busy, the pregnancy happened and everything, and so we forgot about it until he brought it up at our you know, chapter meeting we just had last weekend for the first our first chapter meeting, and Jerry Henry reached out to John Monroe, and John Monroe said, you know, I have to wait till the 90 days of expiration. They're going to treat it as a renewal, and I don't have to carry my marriage license with me to prove that, you know, I am who I am on my driver's license and on my, li- my weapons-carried license, because that's what she told me to do to cover my bases. <laughs> so basically... You have to carry your marriage license with you to prove to them that you were once born Stephanie, insert maiden name, and now you're uh-huh. Stephanie, insert married name, and those are two separate people, but somehow this one document makes them both the same person. <laughs> yeah, so I, I carry my a copy of my marriage license with me everywhere I go, and uh, so Matt asked Jerry Henry about it, to see what John said, and John says that if something does happen and they need to verify, you know, who I am, Cobb County is supposed to have it on file that, you know, my maiden name, I got married on the state, my maiden name was this, this is my new name. Right. But let's be honest, I don't see that happening. (laughs) Well, I mean, isn't this the same thing as your driver's license? Your driver's license is still in your maiden name until you get, you know, to the point where you have to renew your driver's license, Right. No, I was able to update it. Well, what about your Social Security card? I I was able to do that as well. And what about your notary seal? I was able to do that, no problem. As long as I had a copy of my marriage license 
And, of course, you know, for DMV and Social Security, my Social Security card and, and, you know, other proven information stuff, they did it no problem. And I had a $2 fee for my notary license, no fee for Social Security, and then, of course, the, you know, renewal because I extended out my driver's license. So for the notary license, they didn't make you wait till the renewal period, the 30-day renewal period on that. Did they um, change your... Ending day, like my commission expires, blah, blah, blah. Did they change that or did it stay the same? It stayed the same. So the notary people can get this straight, but the concealed weapons people can't? Yeah, correct. It seems like that. But I put it up on the Georgia Carey Facebook page to see if any other woman, you know, ran into this. And there were a couple there. I think one was from Polk County, and I don't remember where the other one was from, but they went in. And they were just charged the $6 reprint fee, and they had to come back when the license was ready, hand in their old one, and get the new one, and that was it. Okay. Have you reached out to the Cobb County Probate Court since you first tried to get this sorted out? No, I haven't. I haven't been able to get off work to be able to get over there because they, I thought you couldn't, as long as you were in the door by 4 o'clock for your, you know, your weapons carry license, they would help you. Well, now it's, I think, 3.30 or 3 o'clock when I went into the door the previous time. Wow. And, I, of course, I wasn't there until 4.15, which I knew, okay, I just really want to ask the question, so next time when I come back, I have everything. Right. And I haven't had a chance yet. So, well, yeah, I assumed that they would treat it like the $6 reprint fee because kind of like the same thing at the driver's license office. I walked into the driver's license office and paid, I don't want, like, 10 bucks, And they yeah. put my new name on and gave me a new license and kept the same number. And mm-hmm. Well, this I think this is rather disturbing. And, and it if it's happening in different ways in different counties, then we have an equal protection issue that really needs to be addressed. Because you shouldn't have to live under different laws in the state of Georgia, just depending on the whims of which county you happen to reside in. There should be some kind of unanimity across the board on what's going on. So I'm I'm really disturbed about all of this. And we're going to, to work hard here to try to get to the bottom of it for you, Stephanie. And I think that we're going to try to reach out to the, the Cobb County Probate court's office um, maybe coming up soon and see what their response is about what's going on and what their position is maybe that can help get some things straightened out while we're here on the air okay and now uh did do you uh, to, to a lighter topic do you know uh what you're having in february uh, not yet we did the genetic screening you know of course and it also tells the sex of the kid well I got called the phone call and was told that it was one thing. And then when I went to call to verify, because I was going to tell, you know, my family and everything what it was on my birthday, I was told the total opposite. So now mm. I have to wait until 18 to 20 weeks. <laughs> wow. Well, um, you know that my, my firstborn... My son was uh, a GeorgiaCarry.org member within about 10 minutes of being born. Are you going to try to beat my record? Um, probably not. I think that's pretty quick. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty hard one to get. <laughs> Well, we we really appreciate you coming on, Stephanie. And if we get to the bottom of this or get any answers for you, we'll be sure to to get you back on to uh, talk about that. But it's really an interesting problem, and I'm sorry that you're going through this and that they've made it so difficult for you. But hopefully we can get some answers for you. That'd be great. Thank you. You know, it, it just shows me that there's not a whole lot of organization when it comes to 
county by county, like communication wise, as to what do we do if we handle this or what do we do if we encounter that? So why are all the probate judges in the count or in the state, the ones from every county, not meeting up and discussing this and then going out to their places far off and telling their workers this is how you handle it? Well, I think that the issue here is is really a communication one. The the probate judges are independent and county by county they don't have any interaction with each other. Although I do know that they have some sort of an email chain where questions gets bounced around for them to answer amongst themselves so that there is some kind of general plan or, or general way of doing things. But really, other than as judges, they interpret law all the time and they're used to doing it their way. And in a statewide licensing system, that's not necessarily a good thing. So is there a way to take this to court and make them do what they're supposed to do? What are the other, what the other counties are doing? Uh, there, there may be, but in, in the end, the difference it. it may be cost prohibitive in a lot of ways. And I think that's one of the main concerns when it comes down to what kind of fight you're going to fight. Yeah, because, I mean, once you hire an attorney and pay all the filing fees well, and everything. Well, the filing fees alone are more than three times what the renewal fee is. So what's, you know, and it's great to fight for the rights of everyone else's, but when you're fighting for everyone else's rights on your dime, it gets kind of hard. Yeah. Well, good thing we have Georgia Carey, right? Absolutely. Because <laughs> they fight for... Everyone's rights at the same time. They do, and it helps bring issues like this to people's attention. And I think that public pressure may be a better way to get things done in in cases like this than anything else, which is part of you know, our outreach program through the radio here. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Stephanie. We really really enjoyed hearing your story and having you on. Thank you for having me. And we're going to cut to commercial break. We'll be right Stephanie. back. You're listening to georgiacarry.org radio right here in your local station. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. My name is Jessica, and I'm with GeorgiaCarry.org radio. And we have a lady that's trying to get her name changed on her weapons carry license. And we can't seem to find out how exactly she's supposed to go about doing that. And I was wondering if you could help us figure that out. She just wants to get her name changed on it. Yes, she got married in April. And uh-huh. she's trying to, she had a valid Georgia weapons carry license in April, and mm-hmm. she's trying to get her married name put on it instead of her maiden name. Mm-hmm. And what does she need to do to get that done? All she'll have to do is bring in her new driver's license that has her married name on it, and we can do a replacement card. Okay, how much does that cost? Six dollars. Okay, and is there fingerprints required? No. Okay, thank you so much. You have a great day. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there we have it, that when you go to Polk County, that was Polk County's probate, Mm -hmm. that they do charge a $6 replacement fee. You bring in your new driver's license with your new name, and they give you a replacement. Verified on the record, this is the way it's done, no questions asked. So in a few minutes, we're going to call... Cobb Cobb County, County. and if I can get somebody on the phone in Cobb County, we're going to ask them how we're doing it in Cobb County. It's a a much different ball game, apparently, from county to county, and I don't think that's the way it should be. I think that there should be some uniform procedures here from wherever we look, and and Polk is obviously doing it right. So let's turn to Cobb County now and, and see if we can get them on the air. 
Big Court, I'm going to help you. Hi, this is Jessica with GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. And we had a caller call in earlier, and she said that she was having trouble getting her name changed on her weapons carry license after she got married. And I was wondering if you could tell us what is the procedure for changing your name on your weapons carry license after you get married in Cobb County. Uh, sure, I can, but actually I'm going to let you talk to the law clerk. That's who we direct you to for any calls for outside information. So hold on just a moment. I'm going to uh, transfer you to Teresa Davis. Okay, thank you. So they have directed me to their attorney. Okay, so let's see how this goes. Because they're an outside call. You reached voicemail for Teresa Davis, staff attorney at Cobb County Probate Court. Please. So I'm going to venture to say that they're disinclined to acquiesce to our request for information. Yeah, it does seem that way. It doesn't seem that hard to get the answer out of any other county, though, that we've contacted. So one has to wonder why Cobb is hiding the ball on this one. So I think that maybe we can do a little bit deeper investigation when we have some more time, um, not constrained by our 44-minute broadcast schedule here. So let's see what we can do with this over the next couple of weeks, and we'll revisit the issue and, and have Stephanie come back on potentially once we have some more answers out of people. So um, it, it's, it's a very important issue, and I think that one of the best things that we can do is to kind of bring attention to this and maybe bring a little bit of public scrutiny to bear on what's going on so that – because, you know, we, we all don't have this issue. The men don't have this issue. Women who have been married for years don't have this issue. This is something that comes up for the few, but if we don't stand up for the rights and responsibilities of the few, who will stand up for us when the day comes? Now, I want to um, point out that this is not an issue that was just completely overlooked by the, the – law writers in total when Georgia Carey went in and, and said we need to clean up this bill they wrote this provision into the bill for it to happen this way but somehow while the bill is being edited you know things get added things get removed it got chunked so and this was pretty much what Jerry Jerry Henry told me when we discussed it with him so basically it just it was kind of an oversight but the issue here is we have more and more women every day applying for these weapons licenses and or women who have a valid license and then choose to get married right and we need to make sure that we're covering every demographic. I mean, when you got married, you just happened to luck into the right order that you got married first and then applied for your license second, or you'd be in the same boat, too. Only because I was applying for a license in a different state than I came from. So I got married and, and moved to Georgia and applied for my Georgia license after I got married, where I had one in another state previously. Right. So it was a little different for me than, than already being a Georgia resident and marrying a Georgia resident and staying in Georgia. Right. And I think that that's something that you know really needs to be addressed. Because like I said, it's a very small fraction of people who are going to be in this boat. but And apparently even smaller yet. Because if you live in Polk County or lots of other counties... It's not an issue. It just seems to be Cobb. So, um, well, it's not necessarily Cobb. Cobb's the only place that it's been reported from. So, I'm going to urge the listeners if you're having the same issue, even if it's with Cobb County, shoot us an email and let us know. Uh, it's radio at georgiacarry.org. 
Uh, you can also email me personally at Jesse King, J E S S I K I N G, 2015 at com. I would be glad to look into to it for you as well and let you know what I find out. And you can also email me at Doug at KingsLawOffice.net if you have this or any other legal issue you'd like some advice on. So, um, you know, we're coming up at the end of this segment. We're going to be moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly in a few minutes and, and talking about some of the, the big high profile stories around the country but i really would like to urge our listeners to take a moment to consider joining georgiacarry.org not only is it doing good work in the legislature and in the courts but it you know highlights these issues and you know this came to our attention at a local chapter meeting which we went to just this last saturday they're coming up i know that this broadcast is being broadcast on saturday which in atlanta which means that we are in the middle of the convention the convention is rocking and rolling up there in cobb county right now uh, last night as of broadcast time uh, was the big poker tournament and and the zombie shoot and what they're doing there is a lot of fun the silent auction I missed is the zombie tonight. shoot you, you did indeed rats um, the silent auction today and all of the the wonderful presentations our our close personal friend Matt Potowitz is giving a free presentation today. Two. Two, Two free, free presentations. presentations. You do not have to have um, joined Georgia Carey to hear them. You don't have to pay the convention fee to hear these presentations on how to keep your kids safe around firearms. I urge everybody who's within sound of my voice right now to run to the Cobb County Galleria area, stop in the Waverly Hotel, and go visit Mr. Podowitz's wonderful presentations on child safety. But while you're there, you can sign up for Georgia Carey. I'm sure they have a recruitment booth set up somewhere there, and if you ask the right person how to sign up, they'll lead you to it. Absolutely. And if if you can't make it to the Waverly Hotel, then you know just go to georgiacarry.org on the, their webpage and click on Join Now. It's $20 a year, $500 for a lifetime, and you won't do any better than that. And of course, as we're looking around at upcoming events, we've got gun shows, we've got fairs and festivals, and georgiacarry.org is going to be at all of them, reminding people how to get involved and protect their rights. You also have your local chapter meetings, which we have a few coming up. I'm not aware of, of which ones. I know that the North Chapter, North Atlanta Chapter, is planning some kind of picnic in September, I believe. Um, the North Northwest Georgia chapter is looking at planning another meeting, and I am personally in charge of trying to plan that meeting, and I'm trying to get us some time at a gun range. That would be a, a great opportunity to prove that we actually can shoot and get out there and fellowship with other GeorgiaCarry.org members. And the, the chapter meetings are a wonderful opportunity for everybody to get involved and to get hyped up and to be doing more with each other and, and to get to know people, which is something that, you know, being an online organization is often missing. You, you can be an NRA member, and when do you see another NRA member in your whole life? But when you're a member of georgiacarry.org, then you get to get together and have some barbecue or some you know range time and really enjoy each other's company. I also want to urge everyone that if you're enjoying listening to the show, we would love to be on the local station that you prefer listening to. So if you're listening to us online, it does not need to be. You can save your bandwidth by getting us on your local station. Just let us know who the station manager or the station you listen to most is, and we'll reach out to them. You can reach out to them, too, and say, hey, I listen to GeorgiaCarry.org radio online every week. Why don't I hear it on your station? And we can make that happen. We sure can. And if you talk to them, shoot us an email or, or get in touch with Doug and I in one way or another, and let us know. We will personally contact your radio station and talk to the station manager we can, they just love me <laughs> we can we can follow up from your initial contact and if they know that people are listening then they want this show on their station it'll help us get more listeners get more people involved and, and to change opinion in georgia about gun rights and the legislature and we want 
to make a change in Georgia. That's the whole point of Georgia Carry. It was founded with the plan to make some changes about gun rights. And that happens because of you and me and our listeners. With the money that you put into Georgia Carry with your membership every year, that money goes into hiring attorneys and, and paying for legislature to change laws and, and all the things that we have to put money into. And putting the, the members first. I mean, that's a, a big issue here is what the members do makes a difference. And if we don't have the calls from the members to the legislature, if we don't have them calling the they're probate judges. We don't have them standing up at election time saying, hey, remember us. We think this is important. Then it's all for naught. But the members, with, with over 8,000 members and growing, this is a force to be reckoned with in any political sphere. And this is a fantastic time to be involved. I think that every day is a fantastic time to be involved. All you have to do is submit an application online and you can join. My sister is even interested in joining GeorgiaCarry.org. I'm going to have to go down there and help her sign up online. Yeah, as I recall, your sister is not exactly what we would call a gun nut. She's not a gun nut at all. We grew up with firearms. My dad was very um, safe in teaching us how to use those firearms. Uh, over the years, she's gotten a little bit rusty and a little bit fearful. Um, living in Atlanta, she learned that bad guys have guns a lot, and and not as often are they good guys when you hear about people with guns on the news. Well, and it's made her a little fearful. That's a real misconception. I think that the good guys have guns more often than the bad guys do, and it's time that we reclaim our rightful place as as the 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 legacy holders of a gun culture. I agree. Um, my sister's also become way more open-minded over the past year about guns and is is interested in taking some safety courses and, and possibly carrying one herself. So I told her she needed to join GeorgiaCarry.org, and she's interested. I'm, I'm working on it. It's a day-by-day well, thing little, with her. <laughs> a little... Um Prostitutalization there and a little personal discipleship. And next thing you know, we've got people doing what they need to. Folks, we are at our commercial break, so we will be right back in just a minute. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. And now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, and it's time for our weekly Good, the Bad, and the Ugly segment with Jesse. We've got some really interesting news stories this week, don't we? We sure do. Um, this week, the good is the Navy has decided that they're going to arm their sailors at reserve centers after the Chattanooga shootings. They're going to have armed guards that are going to be stationed at um, the recruiting centers to, to protect from threats here in our country against the recruiters so that's a good thing that's I, th- I think that's about time i mean we we've heard so much outcry and of course we did that magnificent show a couple of weeks ago where georgia citizens were standing guard over the recruitment centers which was apparently cool with the army or excuse me cool with the marines and the air force and the navy but the army was you know a little bit scared of it now, you had an interesting conversation off the record with somebody that we will not draw a name to or branch or division I actually from. did, and I'll, I'll say I was at the car wash and ran into a person that was a, a military personnel that worked in a recruiting office that was recruiting for ex-branch branch of the military. Not the Army. Not, not the Army. And said that he actually appreciated the people that were coming out and standing 
um, guard and didn't understand why the guy in the army was such a PU-55Y. So that was straight out of the horse's mouth. Uh, we're going to go on to the bad now. Seattle, in Washington State, has passed a $25 firearms tax to fund gun violence prevention incentives. Um, they're going to do a 2 to $0.05 cent tax per bullet. And this should Five raise... Five bucks on 100 rounds? Oh, my goodness. It's ridiculous, goodness. isn't it? 50 bucks on 1,000, because, you know, I buy my ammo by the 1,000. This should be around $300,000 a year to be raised for gun violence prevention and it's coming out of the pockets of law-abiding citizens well here's what it does let's just look at this from an economic standpoint if i can go across the county line and not have to pay the tax which is this is a local tax i'm going to go buy my guns just a county line gun store instead of inside seattle and they will get how much extra revenue absolutely none which is exactly what i would do what's going to happen to the revenue of the sales tax of the neighboring counties it's going to go up. This is the law of unintended consequences. Thank you, Seattle, for driving away business. This is exactly what's going to happen because the shop owners and the customers have already vowed that they'll leave Seattle to buy their firearms which, and ammo. Which may be the actual agenda in this. They are going to drive all of the gun stores out of Seattle and so that they have a gun-free Seattle. They have a gun sales-free Seattle that doesn't mean that you're going to be in Seattle without a firearm. Well, obviously. And from Los Angeles, we have the ugly, and boy, is it ugly. The mayor has signed a large capacity magazine ban ordinance. It'll take effect September the 20th. That's Doug's birthday. He'll be, what, 60 this year? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, only Still only three years younger than you, my dear. You're nine months younger well. than me, Doug, and you're 30. <laughs> For this coming year <laughs> and if this um ordinance allows for confiscation of any round that or any magazine that holds 10 or more rounds well you know this what we really need to talk about here is magazine bans in, in a broader spectrum because this is i mean it, it's almost like you're expecting to hear that bush is running against clinton for the presidency and that that the jurassic park was the biggest grossing movie of the year and you know it's 1994 all over again with an assault weapons ban on the horizon and it's it's sad because this was done this has been done over and over and over again and it doesn't have any there's no purpose behind it i mean what good is it to try to limit magazine capacity you know it is it's the clinton administration again you know what i say that Hillary's destroying documents again. <laughs> yeah, how very whitewater of you. I saw yeah, that. I made that. <clears throat> I know. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking at this, and, and you know, they, they say, well, high-capacity magazines are, are dangerous because you've got extra rounds, and you don't have to reload, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a person, this is The my, person you need to be scared of isn't scared to reload. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. Well, the other thing is, let's talk about low capacity. Um, you know, the... The magazine ban is specifically says that if it has more than 10 rounds in the magazine. Okay, so if I have a, a magazine that accepts 10 rounds, it's not covered by the ban. And a standard, uniform, mil-spec AR-15 magazine only holds 10 rounds of 50 Beowulf. Okay. But it holds how many rounds of the other? 30. Okay. What about... The Charleston shooter, he used a Glock with a 10-round magazine. I mean, it's not going to stop any violence. They're, the people that want to be violent are going to be just as violent 
without a high-capacity magazine. My 1873 Winchester holds 14 rounds in its tube magazine, and it's perfectly legal under the SAFE Act and in California. But I get 14 rounds compared to everyone else's 10. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Tube magazines have always been exempt from these sorts of things. It it shows that all magazines were created equal, just some more equal than others. <laughs> well, thanks, George Orwell, for that insight. I mean, it, it's very frustrating, and we see this over and over again. Where, I mean, I can understand the the logic in Seattle that they're going to try. They they can't regulate gun businesses out of existence, so they're going to tax them out of existence and let them flee to another area. I don't understand the logic of it. I don't it. understand why they're trying to treat the, the gun stores like strip clubs. They're treating them worse than strip clubs. I mean, a house of ill repute. These, you know, we're going we're gonna to tax. You know, they don't tax the strippers. If they tax the strippers, the strippers might put, start putting their clothes back on. <laughs> but they're going to tax people that are law-abiding citizens just trying to purchase a firearm. Well, I, I think that they view firearms ownership as a lot worse than practically any other social ill that you can name. And you know, that's I, just the truth I of keep it. seeing in the, mo- in the media people accusing people of being Islamophobic. Why, are it, why is everybody firearm-aphobic? I want to know why. I understand why we're scared of the Muslims. I really don't understand why you're, not, why you're scared to carry a gun and protect yourself from them. Well, I, I think that people are generally afraid of anything that they are not experienced with. And this it doesn't matter if it's ethnic. It doesn't matter if it's religious. It doesn't matter if it's racial. If you're not exposed to the culture, if you're not exposed to the people's ideals, then you tend to fear and fear leads to hate and here we have then guns are a culture it is a culture just as much as as islamism is a culture as judaism is a culture as christianity is a culture as being southern is a culture it's a culture and a gun culture used to be prevalent and it used to be a part of american society and now it has become to the point where it is not and it is feared and it is hated and it is repressed and it is discriminated against the really the reality is we live in a culture where everybody's got to be politically correct and defending yourself is not politically correct my uncle daryl used to tell me that I was a hate monger because I wanted to carry a firearm and protect myself, and that's just crazy. So I think that a lot of it comes from everybody being PC, but the other part of it is, in from my view, people being just racist against white folks. And the reason I say that is because there's this stigma of uh, anyone that carries a gun is just an old white guy. Mm-hmm. So they, they just group everybody that carries a gun into a racist old white guy. So it's reverse racism. Everybody hates us because we're just racist old white people that carry guns. Well, there is an Elmer Fudd stereotype that gets bantied about. <coughs> yeah, except for it's okay to stereotype us, me as a gun owner, but it's not okay to stereotype anybody else, and that's just garbage. And I'm going to blame that on the Obama administration, even though it started before. It's gotten worse. Well, what what has gotten better in the last eight years, truly, really? Gas prices over the past two years. That's well, that it. has nothing to do with the administration or policies. That's just that market forces. has to do with forces. fracking. Yeah. <laughs> it has to do with fracking. And if, if there had been a way to put a kibosh on that, I'm pretty sure the EPA would have done that in between dumping tons of hazardous chemicals in pristine rivers. We have all these people that are against fracking, and I'm like, I love these fracking lower gas prices. Yeah, it makes love a it. huge difference. I mean, and it, I mean, it changed the whole world. The the 
Arab Spring came from higher corn prices. Why are there higher corn prices? Because the Americans were using their corn for ethanol rather than selling it cheaply on the world market. That caused an up that caused higher prices for food globally. That caused an uprising that led way to ISIS and then put us into a, a global conflict again. Whoosh! There you go. Because of high oil prices. If we keep oil prices down, then we have more availability of funds. We have more availability of moving produce around, and it changes the entire dynamic of the world. Well, I have really enjoyed having this show this week. I've really enjoyed our guest and our guests that didn't expect to be guests. Well, you know, you, you may have. I'm frustrated, as I'll get out, because we didn't get an answer out of Cobb, which seems to be pretty ridiculous. And no, it seems to be pretty common. Nobody can get an answer out of Cobb. <laughs> yeah, but every other county we talked to was just fine with talking to us, because they don't have anything to be afraid of. I, I don't know. We, when we tried to get um, Tim Lee on a few weeks ago out of Cobb, that was another aborted effort. Every, every time we seem to be dealing with this county, it just gets harder and harder to get a straight answer, and I don't know. You know, it just takes me back to the old episodes of Mr. Rogers where he would go from different part to different part of his little town and talk to everybody and interview them. Mm-hmm. That's what today's show feels like to me, so I want to close it off with It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Listen in next week, same time, same station. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.